And I just want to take us on a little bit of a, little bit of a journey this morning. We're going to have a bit of fun. Is that all right? You were, yes, yeah. All right, then. Okay, well, we'll be reading from Leviticus all day, then, if you don't want to have fun. Right, I, today, we're going, I'm going to introduce you. We're going to have Sunday Kitchen. There needs to be a theme tune, doesn't there? Da-da, 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 Sunday Kitchen. It's like one of those uh, daytime TV things you'd have on a, on a Sunday, isn't it? Where there'd be a, a chef's hat and a big counter and celebrity guests. And this is what I'm cooking for you today. Yeah, it's nothing like that at all. That's not what I'm doing. But I'm going to talk to you about food. I'm going to talk to you about food so that you can get an understanding of what you need to take from God to take you to the next step in your Christian walk. Is that all right? Yeah, very good. Steak on a plate. Cool. You need your Bibles. I've just realized I've plugged my PowerPoint in here, but I need to also read the Bible here. So someone's going to have to give me a Bible so that I can read these passages. Uh, well, I can't do King James. No. I, preference would be a New American Standard, if anybody has one. New American Standard. Oh, she's such a lovely wife, isn't she? Uh, can you also bring me my glasses? Because <laughs> the print on this is impossible. Uh, right, we're going, we're going to start in Hebrews. Hebrews 5.13. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. Your spiritual walk begins with milk. I just tried to grab a few slides just there, just to sort of give us something to look at here. And so there's milk. Clearly, this isn't uh, the milk we're talking about. So I actually Googled mother's milk and then had a look at the images. I encourage you, don't do that. Especially not when your wife's sitting next to you, then realise what's just you, you've got a screen full of topless ladies in front of you. It, it was not a good moment during the worship a few moments ago. So I went back to this image. <laughs> so we're talking mother's milk, right? Okay, that's that's what it is. And that's how our Christian walk begins. It begins with us being fed. But you do know it carries on like that. There's actually nothing wrong with you being fed milk. In fact, that's what you're getting now. You're getting something that has been processed by me, and I'm giving it you. You are not having to do any work to receive what I'm giving you. You're laying back, and you're receiving it. And if I've done my work right, then there'll be some nutrient in it. If not, it won't be, it'll just be a glass of uh, you know, water sort of thing. Um, you know, but there'll be some all the, as a baby, all the food that they need is in that milk. It's in the giving. They just, feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me. Ah, I need more, I need more, I need more. And in the early part of your Christian walk, that's quite acceptable that you need to be fed. And the cry of your heart is, I want more of this, I want more of this. I need to get down to church. I need to go to that conference. I need it, I need it. That's exactly the way it's meant to be. It's once again... The human body mirroring how things are spiritually uh, in our lives. Um, if you don't keep receiving milk like this, 
in your life, first flick into the natural, out the spine, what happens if you don't have milk in your, in your diet? Your bones get weak. Your infrastructure gets weak. You become brittle. You're in danger of tripping over, falling, hurting yourself. So you actually need to keep receiving pre-processed, pre-packaged spiritual input. Milk is a valid part of your diet as a mature Christian. Okay? Um, let's go into 1 Samuel's 20, 1 Samuel 28 now. You don't have to go with me. I'll, I'll find it. Because I'm just going to paraphrase it probably anyway. 1 Samuel 28, verse 9. This is a, a passage where... Get right. Get my eyes on. I'm in doubts that I've written it down right there. That's not making sense. No, it's definitely not one Samuel twenty-eight nine. No, it's definitely not about mediums and spirit. That's another preach for another day. So you see, there's 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 lumps clearly in this pre-processed milk you're getting today. I've written down the wrong verse there. Um, in a passage. Uh, where God's criticizing um, uh, Ephraim, the, the tribe of Ephraim. He says, he says something like, I'm going to do it from memory here, um, who, who am I going to give, who am I going to tell things, things to? I'm going to give, it, give my word to those which are, which are on milk, which are immature, or am I going to give my word to those which are able to sustain, to have Solid food. Forgive me, I'll get the verse right. Um, but the, the message is clearly that milk is not all you can live on. There has to be something more than that. We, we probably know the passage in 1 Corinthians a little bit better. Let's stick with that. 1 Corinthians 3, 2. I gave you milk to drink, but not solid food. For you are not able to receive it. Indeed, even now you're not able. Now this is Paul writing to a church, church, a big church, but a church with problems, as all churches have. And he's basically saying, you, church, aren't ready for solid food. You need to be spoon-fed. You need to get yourself down to church and listen to that preacher and listen and listen and listen and listen. Listen to that evangelist, remember? The, the preacher is going to pass that word into them all the time, until you're ready to start taking it for yourself. Okay, so it is important that we receive, we put ourselves in the places to receive that which, which others are imparting to us. That is the first element of our spiritual diet. Let me just pray into that for us all. Father, I thank you that you have given us ears to hear and eyes to see. I thank you that you have positioned people in the church to deliver your word. Lord, I thank you for the growth of teachers and speakers from amongst our midst that are coming up, Lord, because we, we know this is an important part of, of feeding the body. Lord, forgive us sometimes for thinking perhaps we don't need it. Forgive us sometimes for thinking that was no good. And, and pointing out the lumps rather than 
the food that was in that preach, that talk, that message. Lord, give us new eyes and new ears to hear the food within your messages that are delivered in this place and in others that we go to. Because it's an important part to make sure that we keep our bones strong. Amen. But as that verse said, that's for infants. We need more. So, in Sunday Kitchen, where are we moving on from? From that glass of milk that we started off with. Uh, Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. I am the of life. There are thousands of verses we could have quoted about bread. Now let's just think about bread compared to milk. A baby gets its food from milk. A baby is not involved in the manufacture of bread. To make bread, you have to cultivate it. In fact, you've got to plant seeds. Apparently, I've never been involved in the whole process here. I just go to the shop. I just go to the cupboard, actually, and it's always there. Um, thank you, dear. Oh, I'm being honest. Um, if I go to the shop, I go with the list, and, and I try and get you know, 90% of what's on the list. That's okay. um, but to make bread, there is work involved. It's planting seeds. It's cultivating it. It's relying on God to water it. It's in harvesting the seeds. It's in grinding, grinding and grinding the seeds. It's about making it into dough, kneading it, all right, and baking it. You know the little story of the little red hen? Are you familiar with that? Are you helping me on the process? No, no. Will you help me harvest it? Will you help me bake it? Will you help me do this? No, no, no. But when you're ready to eat it, they'll come and help. Well, you're not having any. That's that's the moral of that story. But it's all about the workload that's required to feed yourself with bread. Now, bread is throughout Scripture. Figuratively, it's an analogy that says, this is what it's all about, chaps. This is the bread of the world. This is the bread. It's even in the tabernacle. It's called the bread of the presence. Yeah. So it's not just about scripture, which we often think it's just that. It's about the entire relationship with Jesus. It's about consuming bread. But it's not milk. Because if you want it, you plant the seed, you turn the soil, you wait, you develop it, you grind, you harvest it, you grind it, etc., and you bake it, and you consume it. And when you're consuming that one, you've got to be planting that one. And when that one's growing, this one's harvested. You have got to do the legwork to feed yourself with the bread of him, the bread of his presence. Yeah? Because milk is for infants. But if you don't want to be an infant, you can put the work in. In study, in prayer, in worship, in spending time with him. Out of that comes the relationship. And out of the relationship comes all that you need to be sustained. Hebrews 5, I hope.
Hebrews 5.14, which I'm told Jenny can quote off the top of her head. But solid food is for the mature, who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Solid food is about practice. It's about work. It's about making mistakes sometimes. It's a good harvest and bad harvest, but it's in feeding yourself. Now, I'm not saying that means that we, you know, once we have a good relationship with God, we don't need to come to church to be fed because we need strong bones, don't we? We need milk in that diet as well. But what we do need, we can sustain ourselves through the bread of our relationship with Jesus. Okay? God fed the children of Israel with bread in the wilderness. It was manna. But it was bread, effectively. Um, and, uh, well, not in the same way. It was spiritual bread. Uh, but uh, that, that's kind of the fact you can live it. He, wants, he, wants, he has given us everything that we need to be sustained through all of our lives, through all of our walk. So my question to you is, are you cultivating it? Or have you, have you sat yourself into a cycle of being a milk-only diet? A week-to-week I've come for my fresh glass of uh, gold top, or whatever you're on. Um, and it's good stuff, and it's great, and I feel recharged, and the, the, it's right, there's a place for it. But without the bread that you are cultivating through your relationship with Jesus, through your life, your walk, your reading of the scriptures, then you, there's no maturity in that. Father, I take on board the challenge that we need a more active relationship with you, with your scripture and your presence every day. That in doing that, you give us that which we need. You're never holding it back. You're not going to give us a snake if we ask. You're going to give us the bread of life. Lord, give us this day and this day and this day and this day and this day our daily bread. Lord, we need it, we need it, we need it. Forgive us, Lord, for being busy. Forgive us for making choices that have excluded you. Forgive us, Lord, for needing to chill at the absence of needing to feed. Forgive us, Lord. We want to be fed by you. Lord, we want strong bones and a healthy body. And you know, an awful lot of Christians, that's their life. Bread and milk. And one could say there's nothing wrong in that. They've got a great relationship with God. They're being fed. They know his presence. And that's it. But there's more. You knew there was more. Let's go into Deuteronomy 12. Now, I kind of want to read all of this, but I'm not going to, because I want to give you a bit of a flavor of it, um, Deuteronomy 12. Um, so it starts, these are the statutes and judgments which you have uh, carefully observed in the land which the Lord, the God, your God, the God of your fathers, has given you to possess. 
as long as you live on the earth, you shall utterly destroy all the places where the nations whom you have dispossessed, etc., etc. Verse 5, but you shall seek the Lord at the place where the Lord God has chosen from all of your tribes to establish his name, etc. Verse uh, 8, you shall not do at all what... Uh, what we are doing here today, every man doing whatever is in his own right, his own rise, for you have not yet come into the resting place and inheritance, etc. Then on to verse 12. And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God, you and your sons and daughters, your male and your female servants, and the Levite who is within your gates, since he has no portion inheritance with you. Verse 13. Be careful that you do not offer your burnt offering with every cultic place you see but in the place where the lord chooses in one of your tribes there you shall offer your burnt offerings and they should do all that is commanded you okay so we're just talking about god's blessing you he's bringing you into a great place and you'll be verse 15 however you may slaughter and eat meat within any of your gates whatever you desire according to the blessing of the lord your god which he has given you the unclean and the clean meat of it as the, the, the gazelle and the deer. I'll carry on, verse, uh, verse 20. When the Lord your God extends your border, as he has promised you, and you say, I will eat meat, because you desire to eat meat, then you may eat meat, whatever you desire. Are you, as a Christian, saying, I'm going to eat meat. Whatever my heart desires. You see, you can live off bread, but this is meant to be desire, joy. And know your mind has now gone to your Sunday lunch. Now there's a nice steak picture on there. Oh, wow. You can smell it and take, if you're a vegetarian, forgive me, I'm offending you terribly, but doesn't that look nice? It's nice and red. I like it red. Jill does not like it red. Oh, it's nice, isn't it? It's meant to be a pleasurable experience. It's meant to be a treat. Meat is meant to be something which makes you feel good. He says it in Deuteronomy and elsewhere. It's what your heart desires. Part of your relationship with Jesus is not just about sustenance and survival. It's about what do you want? What do you actually want? So have you got a mentality to say, I'm all right with my bread, thank you very much. This is good, I'm all right. You know, it's, I love a bit of bread, me. Or are you saying, I'm having steak on the plate. I want my steak. I want my whatever is your chosen meat-based delicacy? Or have you settled for a Christian vegetarian diet? I said, actually, I am having it because it's my heart's desire. That's what it's saying. If you say, I will eat meat, eat meat. Ball's in your court, is what you're saying. It's not a requirement, but if you want it, it's there. Can you see this is a step beyond just eating meat? This is, you mean to say I can have steak? Well, I will then. Of course I will. Steak, yes, why not? Whatever your favourite venison perhaps is. I don't know, that's the sort of thing that Jean would eat. She's a very partial like that. Venison? <laughs> 
You do eat venison. I said, when's the last time anyone else ate venison? Okay. <laughs> oh, no, no, okay, fine. Okay. Oh, yes, you do. Yes. In fact, you have special supplies of venison. You were telling me, yes. Anyway, yeah. Um, well, that's good. It's meant to be. It's meant to be special. Why on earth do you celebrate at Christmas or Thanksgiving with meat? Why is it not? Why is it? Why is it a key part of the event? Because it's meant to be a celebration. Because a life's been given for your enjoyment. Ooh. blood has been shed so that you can enjoy it. That seems so unfair. No matter. The life of the animal has been given so you can enjoy it. You don't need it. You can live quite healthily without meat. But it's there to be enjoyed. Forgive me if you're a vegetarian. I aren't meant to be literal here. I'm just trying to create a, a spiritual dynamic here. That there is a place for joyful indulgence in your gifting, your calling, your ministry, your business, to say, I want to do it. Great, well, let's do it then, shall we? I'm going to eat meat. I'm going to start a business. I'm eating meat. Right? I'm going to exercise my skills. I'm eating meat. I'm going to go off to glory of Zion. I'm eating meat. I'm doing it because you've said. And I want it. And I'm having it. And it's just for me. But you've said it, so I'm okay with that. Bring it on, God. Can you see? It's, it's, it's an indulgence. Don't let anybody tell you you don't deserve it. Whatever the it is in your mind. Don't let anybody say you don't need it. Say, oh, no, I don't need it. I'm having it anyway, though. I want it. I want this relationship with God to be more than just sandwiches. I want steak sandwiches, maybe, and that's it. Right? Steak sandwich, big, thick steak sandwiches and a glass of milk. That's my diet now. Yeah? You with me? It's all part of it. You can't live just off meat. It's not right. You need the bread, you need the milk, you need the whole balanced diet. But don't deprive yourself from that blessing. Psalm 78. Verse 27, when he rained meat upon them like the dust, even winged fowl like the sand of the sea, then he let them fall in the midst of their camp round about their dwellings. So they ate and they were filled and their desire he gave them. You see the link there between God giving you meat with meeting your desire. Yeah? Yeah? So if things not working right in your life, or your ministry, or your bank account, or your relationships, have you told God you desire? Have you said, I'm having it. This is my portion. I'm having the meat. I'm stopping asking. I'm saying I'm having it. Bring on the meat. Lord, bring on the meat. Lord Jesus, I pray for us this morning, as you have challenged us in our individual lives for the next step, in the different spheres of our life, not just within the church context, but in the workplace and in the family and, and in our personal devotional lives. Lord, you, you always want more from us. But Lord, this is about our desire. And Lord, allow us to admit to ourselves first and to you 
and to say, I'm having this. This is my right. This is my calling. This is my destiny. Because blood has been shed to give it me. Your blood, Lord Jesus. And I thank you for that. And that your desire for your children is not just just to sustain us, but to delight us. Oh, Lord, lift our hearts. Lord, give us that meat feast, that joy. Bring on the meat sweats, Lord, because we're going to have it all and we're going to be satisfied. Amen. 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 But that's not the whole diet, you know. There's more than that. You thought I was, I'd reached a climax then, hadn't you? There's more. Proverbs 24, 13. Proverbs 24, 13 says, My son, eat... Honey, for it is good. Yes, the honey from the comb is sweet to your taste. Psalms 119, 103. You know what the subject of Psalm 119 is, so you'll know that it says uh, that his work, 119, says, How sweet are your words in my taste. Yes, sweeter than honey to my mouth. But then we're also going to 1 Samuel. You get your money's worth with the scriptures when you're with me. You know that. 1 Samuel 14. 1 Samuel 14. This is probably the one I should have said first. You could have said off there. I'm just skirting around. There's 1 Samuel 14, we hope. Actually, I'm not going to read it, but I'm going to just paraphrase it. The, the Saul put out a decree that um, nobody should eat anything. And Jonathan, his son, ate the honey. And the people said, oh, you've done a bad thing there. Well, he didn't know, was the first thing. But he said, in fact, I will read that verse. He said, look how my eyes have, have, have brightened because I've taken the honey. See that. Um, Thank you. Verse 29. So see, see the impact it's had on me in taking the honey. Now, the honey was laying on the ground. Well, I'm sure there were bees involved as well, but it was there for the taking. It had been provided. Yeah. Now, when the children of Israel were in the wilderness, what did God promise them that the promised land would be? A land flowing with milk and honey, which indeed it was. You see, honey is a step beyond meat. Milk is given. Bread is made. Meat is killed. Honey is stolen, is taken. It's there the taking. Oh, there might be a price to pay. You might get stung. But the ultimate is that which God has provided 
free for the taking, almost like the milk at the beginning. The references to honey in Scripture are about God's desire to you. Meat was about your desire. Honey is about God's desire. In fact, if you look in, I think it's Proverbs 27, 7, but I think, um, I'm just trying to cut it short because we need to wrap it in a second. It clearly says, if you have too much, it'll make you sick. If you have too much, you'll vomit, is what it says in, in several verses. It even actually says in the Revelation, I ate, I ate the, the words and it was sweet in my lips, but bitter in my belly. There's an element where honey is there for the tasting spiritually as God releases it to you. But it's a his behest. You can't just take it and take it and take it because it will not do you well. He who eats too much honey, he was sated with honey, it says, this is Proverbs 27, loathes it. Too much of the good stuff spiritually and you're not going to appreciate it. He who has, who's famished, To him, it is bitter. You see, you can only take that which God wants to give you from his godly honeypot when you're used to a diet of bread and meat. That extra from the throne room will be released to you once you're in a position Are you with me on the spiritual parallel here? Once you're living in that diet of bread, of course, but also I'm out there in faith. I'm taking my meat. Oh, wow. I wasn't expecting that, God. It was just laying on the floor, and I picked it up. Oh, wow. That dead lion that had the honey in it for me to take out of something strong, in something sweet. Out of the meat came the taste of the intimacy, the delicacy, the relationship with Jesus in a way that you could never even imagine. Because you need it because you're out there in faith saying, I'm having my meat. I'm, I'm believing for all this. And he said, great, I'm going to give you what you want. I'm give you what you want, but I'm also going to give you what I want, says God. I'm going to release some things to you. That will be sweet to your taste. So I'm not going to give you too much. Because you can't live off it. In fact, it's not very healthy stuff. With sugar. But a little bit. Perfect. And God wants to release that to you. Do you want his honey in your life? Father, I thank you that you want to give us so many things. You want to give us that which we need. And we readily want that. You want to give us that which we desire, and we want that as well, Lord, and we need courage, and we need your your faith to help us, to build our faith. But, Lord, you also want to give us that which we had never dreamed or even imagined, because you're our Father. Lord, let us taste the sweetness of your honeypot. 
let us have that little bit of indulgence that's almost secretive and private because it's just from you, just to us. We're willing for it. Lord, help us cultivate our appetite for you so that we can digest this high-calorie, high-sugar sustenance that you want to give us. Lord, we want the icing on the cake, not just the cake. Amen. 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 Cool.